Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. Do you believe it? Do you believe in miracles? Yes. So don't sit here and call out the players who are busting their ass trying to win games. They teased no, they, us. They teased themselves. They're teasing us. They didn't tease they you. Sweet. No, look at my brass cojones because I throw the ball. You like that, Spanish Academy? You can't talk the talk and not walk the walk and then expect everybody to be okay with it. That's all. You want to know how real fan I am? I took out a personal load to go to the playoffs in 2015. If you're a real fan, a real fan, you say, so what? I've done enough scoreboard watching. The only scoreboard that matters is the one that's in front of our face. Next week is probably going to be an intervention. So let's talk about it next on Amazing But True. Ooh. Welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Back in studio, Figgy, yet again. It's Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa coming at you every Monday, all season Long. We have our first guest of season three, and it's number one. Mookie Wilson will join us later in the show, and he will take part in the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy, making me feel less bad, Figgy, about myself and my Spanish abilities because he was as bad, and his excuse was he is in South Carolina where maybe there's not many Spanish-speaking people down there as there is in New York. Yeah, you're in the heart of Astoria, and you still don't know how to speak Spanish. Yes, it's, it's sad. It's very sad, but he made me feel a little bit better. So Mookie Wilson will join us. We'll talk old-timers day and all that. The Mets season is 10 days away. We can't get enough of talking about the Will Smith-Chris Rock altercation at the Oscars on Sunday night. How about that? The slap heard around the world. There's no Bobby Thompson or Ralph Brank involved in this one. But, Figgy, you and Hart seem to think that this slap was staged. And it could be. Very well could be. It is the Oscars. These are both actors. They're both funny guys. But everything I watched about this slap made me feel this was not made up. The the aftermath of him cursing, keep my wife's name out of your effing mouth, how Chris Rock reacted. Wow, he just slapped me. He seemed surprised. But I don't know. I think part of why he didn't do it harder was you got to remember, he's wearing a suit. So it's suits are the jackets are a little tight on the elbows, Figgy. Um, and he didn't want to knock him out because he had to continue hosting. So you wanted to let it be known to keep my, wife, my wife's name out of your mouth. A slap will do that. And... I didn't think, you know, I think it was hard enough to make it look real. So you seem to disagree with me on that one. I don't believe Chris Rock has ever boxed or taken a punch or a slap of that magnitude. As loud as that was, as as forceful as it looked and sounded, he didn't flinch. He, he was on his feet. Have you never watched those slap championships where these guys are just swinging one time and knocking the other guy unconscious? But that's what it is. It's a slap championship. And they know this is it's not coming. a slap championship. But, and they know it's coming, and they still get knocked unconscious. So when Will Smith hits him, it, it just the way he reacted didn't get knocked off his feet and continued on. And, yes, he was a little, you know, it, I, I guess more. It was shaken. A shock. Yeah, he was shaken more than anything. 
to me, I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm waiting for the ha-ha to drop about this because other than that, everything else is really weird, especially when he goes up there to get his acceptance speech and but he's talking about all the love he's received. Well, they cried and everything. I thought that was a genuine He's an emotion. actor who just won an Oscar I for know, Best Actor. I know, but come on. I think that was real. Uns- what do you think? They were The Oscar was like, we really need attention this year. We want you to guys yes. to do this. Do you think they would yes stay and that? Yes. I mean, it, it, it is the storyline of the day that we're talking about right? an amazing Everybody's true, talking but- about how could you let that happen? Why wouldn't? He, why wasn't he arrested? It was assault right on TV. Why was he not arrested? Because he's Will Smith. No, I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's right on live television. Well, I think the whole take his award way. It's getting a little ridiculous. However, but- of which I don't care. You can give him his award because that had nothing to do with what he did that night. On that night, because there's been many a Oscar winner who's gone to jail, assault. He could have charges pressed instantly. Security's there. There are cops there in the building. There's no way if that was real, that wouldn't have been just, hey, take him out of here. I don't care if he's nominated for an award. His actions would have resulted in an arrest. So to me, you're going to get a ha-ha here in a few days. Chris Rock, his reaction should have been, <laughs> I never have to work again, ever. I mean, he doesn't have to work anyway, he said. But everyone's saying, oh, ticket sales for his comedy tour. I guess he's touring with uh, Kevin Hart in New York. They're doing a little thing, but... I don't know. I think that was pretty real, Figgy. So, what joke would I have to make that would be taking it too far for you? Do you have one? I don't know. I'd just slap you just for no reason. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Can't break my eight hundred dollar Prada glasses though. That's a good enough reason for me. Yeah, but not with the glasses on. My eight hundred dollar glasses, right there. You should have got a slap. Uh, that was an HSA. My eight hundred dollar glasses. Shout out to HSA for oh uh, charging. I charged up like my year of HSA. You had a blue light. You had a blue filter. You had a green filter. You got the trans. Transitions, there's a lot going on. I wonder what you would say that would uh, make me want to slap you. Oh, a story is garbage. Keep the name of <laughs> I can't even do it, seriously. <laughs> Keep my city out of your mouth. <laughs> I wanted to actually slap him, but then we're going to call HR, and then Biggie's going to have me hey, fired. And spot. we're recording this. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Can we edit, no can we edit that? Can we edit a slap on there? <laughs> um, anyways, the Mets star baseball here in 10 days. What a transition. And you kind of got the tease on Sunday, Figgy, of something we'll never see. They really should have hyped this up. Like, DeGrom, Scherzer, two aces, one game. Come see the show. Like Ringley Barnum Bailey, which is actually bankrupt now, by the way. I don't know if you know that. The circus is out of town. But there's no circus between Hell DeGrom yeah. and Scherzer because it was serious. This, this program is sponsored by ADHD. <laughs> what I'm saying. It's never going to happen, but it, it was a cool appetizer for what Mets fans are going to get back-to-back days, hopefully 60 games a year. You get this, you know, what is that math? That's Let's get Mama Brown on the line here. 40% of this of your games, 35, 37 uh, hearts. We may have to do that math. 60 out of 162 of these two could be a sight to behold. And if you have tickets for those games at City Field, you're going to be in for a treat. What you're looking at is history in the making. And the Mets have had good tandems before, and especially those older tandems like a Tom Glavin, and then you had a Pedro Martinez. And you looked at those tandems. They weren't doing it at a high level still at where they were at when they had Met uniforms on like these two can. So when you talk about something special, this is beyond anything that we have seen because of not only their pedigrees, but for the whole thing about the five aces back when the Mets had all those prospects and DeGrom was one of them, I kept saying, if you look across at Washington, that's an ace. And Scherzer's, what he, the way he's on the mound, the way he, if he throws, throws a ball, how mad he gets at himself. If he gives up a run, how mad he gets at himself. 
Jake winded up becoming more and more like that, right? As he's gone on, he, and he would lose games one nothing. And what did he say? I shouldn't have given up a run. That's what aces do. And now these two guys are together challenging each other. And not just challenging each other, but learning from each other. Jacob DeGrom threw, I think it was three curveballs all of last year. Or four curveballs all of last year. He threw three in one inning uh, yesterday's outing. So he's getting a little bit more insight into what makes Scherzer so dominant. And it's to use that breaking ball as an opener and then still have all your weapons to go to. Because Jacob can go out there with fastball and slider and just dominate, which is he, he has done. He struck out his first seven out of nine batters that he faced all of spring and made it look pretty easy. No one can lay off that 92-mile-an-hour slider, whether they're lefty, righty. And then you see Scherzer, and he absolutely, they're watching each other like fans, and they're rooting each other on. And that's what you want to see is those two guys at the top of that rotation um, actually spoke with Seth Lugo, who said it's been amazing to see Scherzer's intensity and how different it is because it's not a guy that's just happy to be in New York or happy, happy to just be there. This guy wants to win championships. Championship confirmed. Well, they have Seth Lugo on this year. He's got an interesting role, you know, in a bullpen that's going to back up these guys, especially early in the year. People don't realize the month of April, you might not see a pitcher go more than five innings. Now, what was interesting is we saw Scherzer already go six in a spring training game, just showing you that this guy is an animal. And, you know, they were saying that he was pitching, you know, simulated games before spring training. So even during these negotiations, he was ready to go. And uh, everyone was worried about the CBA negotiations, if it would affect him. It is not. You know, he threw 90 pitches his second time out. DeGrom will take a little longer to stretch out. But we'll see. If they could get seven out of them every five days, you give the bullpen two nights off, essentially. You're in pretty good shape. And the bullpen, obviously, is still the talk of spring training. The Mets have checked in on Tony Watson. Would be a nice guy to add here. Now, people are like, oh, the Mets have no lefty. They do have Chase and Shreve, who has shown bright spots here and there, hasn't had enough time to really show a lot. And a lot of people don't realize the Mets have Alex Claudio, who hasn't done much the last few years, but has a respectable 3-6 career ERA. Had some good years in the past. I know he's been off the last few years, but sometimes that's a good thing. He's 30 years old. He's, not, he's still in the prime of his career as a reliever. And he's a guy who could make this team potentially. If the Mets want to go, what is it, eight relievers, he's the other lefty, or it's not Shreve and it's Claudio. So I don't think it's as much of a need to get a lefty, but to get a elite reliever. And maybe Watson Figgy is that guy. He's obviously older, a veteran, but two nine career ERA. It gives you three potential lefties. You know, you could keep one or two of them in, in the minors. If someone gets hurt, you got another lefty. But I think that's, like we talked about, a need right now as we look forward to 10 days from the season, need another arm in that pen. Yeah, definitely an arm, and it's no longer lefty-righty matchups because they have to face three guys. So Tony Watson is a guy who can get righties and lefties. All these lefties are no longer going to be able to be uh, specialized. So they're going to have to find a way. And uh, usually if you're in spring training and you're with a good coaching staff, they're trying to help you develop uh, a pitch or a way to grip a pitch to change, you know, your angles and get outs with righties or try to avoid hard contact with righties so that you can get the, you know, the next lefties that come up. So it, it, the Mets do have a need. Uh, is it, you know, dire? Is it the only way that they can get by this season? Absolutely not. You need guys that can go out there and get outs every time they're called upon. And they have good arms at the back of that bullpen and they continue to look at, you know, what what's out there. I think with the expanded playoffs, 
Teams aren't going to budge on those elite relievers right now. It's going to take a major kind of blockbuster thing to to wow somebody to get, give up one of their guys. All you got to do is get into the playoffs and find a way for – we saw what the Atlanta Braves did. We saw what the Nationals did a few years ago. So the, the, the Mets – get into a playoff scenario and they got those two horses at the beginning of it and you've seen Scherzer take the ball as a reliever as well. It's really where you're trying to get through this season and use enough arms. And with that expanded playoffs, are you a fan? It's 12 teams now. It should be called the Mets rule. Like if the Mets don't get in now, it'll be an absolute disgrace if they're not one of 12 teams. You know, I think 14 would have been ludicrous. It would be, that's almost half the league. But are you, are you fine with 12? And then the other change is that it'll be a best of three game series, which I actually love because mm-hmm. I don't think 162 game season should come down to one game. So I do like the best of three. Yeah, I do like the best of three as well. And that's I said early on when it looked like it was going to be a little bit longer with the lockout that they were going to try and put in place of maybe 150 game season, which would give you that extra time to have that you know uh, three game playoff for the initial round because that's what it comes down to with playoff baseball. You're excited to get in. And if you had a good enough season to make it and you lose in that one game, and especially we saw out in the West with the teams winning over a hundred games and being a wild card, it's, it's a weird feeling for them. Right. And being able to get ousted just because, you know, they have a bad game. It's really not that it's not fair. You have to win, but it, it's a lot of work to get there and, and then to just lose that way. So I'm a big fan of it. 12 teams, it's still not half. It's not nearly as many in the other sports. But if that's what makes the revenue go around and, and continues to build revenue, especially for, you know, if, if they're looking to share this pool of money, they've got to give some incentive. Excited for 12 teams. The Mets should have a great shot. They open the season in D.C. next Thursday. Can't wait to make my first trip to Nationals Park. If you have recommendations, send them over. I don't know any. I don't know where to eat or drink around there, and these are essential. Eat dollar added to the jar donation. Uh, I think we're up to like ten dollars already through yeah, two episodes. Show two. <laughs> uh, I might have to raise the stakes. Uh, then we'll really. Oh, there it goes. That's three. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> New York Strip or filet mignon. There's four. There's twelve dollars. It's gonna keep going. Uh, well, another piece of news that happened the past week, Figgy, was the whole Buck Showalter having Keith on his golf cart and letting Keith know, Keith Hernandez, of course, that you know he's part of the crew. And if he's got something to tell to Pete Alonzo that he didn't do this, he didn't scoop a ball right, he didn't field the ball right, to let it rip. And I think what they're doing, and we'll talk with Mookie about it in a few minutes, is great. I think a lot of the former players have sometimes been left out to dry with old the old regime, but it does seem like Cohen's like, what are we doing here? Let's embrace this. Let's bring old-timers day. Let's have the Seaver statue of the opener. Let's embrace our history and make this ballpark part of Mets history because there's going to be more history created. This year, when the Mets win the World Series, there will be history created at City Field. And if it's not this year, it's next year. It's happening in this two- to three-year window. And that's why you want the past history to be incorporated with new history and everyone's a happy camper. And I think this was the right move. No matter what you think of Keith's beliefs, what things he's tweeted over the offseason, he is a huge part of Mets history. He's a broadcaster. And if he's got good advice to preach on, like a guy like Mookie going out of camp or Mike Piazza out of camp does, there's no reason why he should be kept away from current players. That made zero sense. So it does seem like Cohen and Buck and this whole new regime is great news for Mets and the Mets fan. When you're trying to build a, a winning culture, um, you have to have an identity. And if you don't know where you come from, it's very hard to have that identity, right? You got to know what players 
are appreciated and why. So even guys that are playing for the team, maybe they never saw these guys play. We have, right? Because we're Met fans. But maybe the guys that are playing for the team don't understand like what it took to win that one World Series in the last 30-some-odd years. All right, that 86 team is infamous because of the way they played the game and they played it so hard. And if you watch that special, uh, the documentary, and you saw all the things that it took for that team to be so magical and you realize how difficult it is to go back and win again. It wasn't, it's not for money. It's not how much money you spend, you win championships. The Yankees are finding out that the hard way over the last however many years, 20 years, one championship. That's something that you have to realize. It, it takes a special group. It takes special timing. It takes the manager that you consider the best manager, you know, for that team because he understood his players. The Mets have all the pieces in place. You got all these guys that I just, I just think that they have the right mix, they have the right manager, and you have the ownership that is going to be willing to make deals and, and provide players with long-term contracts where they're going to want to be a Met for a long time. It's going to change the culture indefinitely. And it'll happen in the 60th anniversary of the New York Mets. I see the holders getting their boxes. That's what I just pulled up yeah. on my screen. The boxes they got are pretty cool. There's like a video in there. It's very enhanced. So shout-out to the Mets for – you know, doing the right thing there. And we'll also honor history as May 31st. The anniversary is June 1st for 10 years for Johan Santana's no-hitter. The Mets will honor Johan, and Josh Tully's going to come along because he did cash that game. Yes, Despite did. his forgettable times as a New York Met, he did cash the game, and that's his moment. And May 31st, caught mine too. 7 p.m., he caught your complete game. The, complete, complete game. the first complete game shut out in City Field history. He Just, caught that one too. He, he didn't hit. He didn't hit a base hit for the life of him, but he <laughs> caught a couple of big games uh, in the history of the Mets, and I'm excited for that. I actually fly back from Carolina that day. I made sure my flight was during the day in case I go to the game, and now it worked out that as long as there's not a delay that day or the flight's canceled, then I will be there for that 10-year anniversary. So it's good to see that. Figgy, the probably thinking about chicken parm made it to both jumbotrons. In uh, New York on Sunday night. Made it at the Garden for the Rangers win. And then courtside at Barclays Center for the Nets game. And you will be at the Garden as well tonight. So, so we're, we're my, repping. My question is, is when did it make it on the Jumbotron? Sunday night. Okay, what's today? Monday morning. And what are you wearing? I'm wearing it again, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do spray lots of cologne before oh, I leave. Oh, my God. You know, I spray cologne to go to the bodega. Like, I don't leave the house without cologne. That's why I just don't understand smelly people. It's like all you got is a couple sprays with a Gucci, Louis product. Screw it. Get the TJ Maxx cologne for $12. Call it a day. You got me a, the $7 Jets hat that is Mets colors That's right. last week. I didn't, we got to bring that in next time, I guess. But we do have some shirts, and uh, we have balls in here. We got two balls. Maybe balls. we need two more. Well, four balls. But we need uh, – we, we <laughs> This has gone off the rails. We will have Figgy's show on... Anything to avoid the fact that he's wearing the same shirt Listen, on two different days. It's a, I have a, a different shirt underneath. It's not like I have just belly underneath here. I do have a jet shirt underneath, actually. So, uh, yes, the Jumbotron Wanted was a big chicken parm fan, and uh, vegans attacked me after that. But good times in New York. The Mets are good. The Yankees should be good. The Rangers are going to go to the playoffs. The Nets should, despite how uh, far down they are in the standings. Well, Mookie Wilson is going to join the Spanish Academy next after you saw 
my Donas Azucaradas. Mm. Uh, how did I do on that one? Not good, right? Par for the course. How, how do you say it? I, I give you extra credit because you did it on your own. I did. That shows incentive. Well, I go I mean? to the like, bodega and every snack was in Spanish. And I was like, I have to get a video. And I sent it to Figgy <laughs> that night. I got one in the bodega and then one in the uh, the hotel next door. I think I said Azu. The Z, Z is silent, right? It's no. Azucaradas. It's, it's a Z. How do you say it? Azu. Azucaradas. Oh, it is azucaradas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like azuc- azucar is sugar. Azucar. So it's donuts, sugar donuts. Yeah. And you like that I chose sugar donuts, another food. That's what it's fourteen dollars. Hearts were racking up a tally. This is going to be is. a steak dinner soon. Oh, there's fifteen. <laughs> Coming up next on Amazing but True is 1986 Mets World Series champion Mookie Wilson. Let me throw another dollar in the tip jar because I want to get Chick Fil A uh, right now. I knew it. Joining us now is a beloved former Mets outfielder, Mookie Wilson. And it's up to Mookie Wilson, and the crowd is alive again. Oh, at least maybe three or 400,000 people will set their game. <laughs> <laughs> Little roller up along first, behind the bag, it gets through Buckner. Did Figgy ever strike you out, or did you take him deep? <laughs> we never got the free- Hey, I'm not that old. Hold on. That's why I was back a second. All right, joining us now, our first guest of season three of Amazing But True. It's only fitting. Number one will join us, making a second appearance of the show now, a friend of the program. He played 12 seasons in the big leagues, most notably 10 with the Mets the entire 80s, 1980 to 1989, of course leading the Metropolitans to a World Series title in 1986, where he hit the ball, trickling, and it gets by Buckner. Let's welcome back to the pod the legendary Mookie Wilson. Mookie, good morning. Welcome back to the show. Glad to have you. How you been? How was Florida? I know you're back in South Carolina now. Well, first of all, thank you for having me back again. I guess that first time must have been okay if you bring me back a second time, so I'm good. I'm happy about that. Uh, Florida's good. The weather was outstanding. I spent a couple of days with the, on the club down there. The club is full of energy. I do like what I see. Uh, I can't really give an opinion on what our predictions are. I wasn't down there long to see enough games, but um, they're looking pretty good. I think people are going to be pleased with the product they put on the field this year. Do you see something different, Mookie? Like, do you see like a different invigorated team than the past years you've been there? A new ownership, you know, Buck Showalter. A lot, you know, Max Scherzer, all the moves they made. Is it an invigorated club you, you see out there? Well, I think there's a lot of energy that is going around the club. And there seems to be a very conscious effort to change the attitude you know, other the other club. I think that they're looking at maybe trying to do something with, for lack of a better term, the culture of the club. We have a lot of young guys. A lot of them I don't know. So we have to see how they fit in. I think it really going to boil down to how the players are going to be used. And, you know, sometimes we can't do what we want to do because we don't have the personnel. So let's see if we're going to maximize our personnel. And I, and I can't even speak to that because I don't know what these guys really do. All of them. We know what DeGrom is going to do. We know what Max Scherzer is going to do. We know about um, Alonzo and those guys and uh, Cano and um, Lindor. But there are other pieces that has to fit. So let's see what happens. Yeah, now that we talk about this team getting the pieces that they need for the last you know, two regimes we've had first-time managers. Big difference yeah. having Buck Showalter down there? Oh, for sure. I, you know, um, I, I think I told someone before, I know all the people that the Mets had interviewed for the job. 
But having Buck is going to bring um, some, I, I think, stability because he knows what he wants to do. He's not learning on the job. And I, I think that's one thing that we had to, we didn't take into account in the previous years. And I, I think that where we are short um, in talent in some areas, um, but I think that having a manager experience knows how to maneuver around that. He also has to be able to maneuver between the, the old school and the new school. And I think that Buck's been around long enough to be able to do that. Yeah, I, I love Buck. He is a quote machine. He's fun. He's a veteran manager, something that the Mets have been lacking, Mookie, for a long time. Have you noticed a difference in the regime, in the ownership change? There was the story out recently how Keith Hernandez is now getting more, you know, exclusive talks with, you know, first baseman and the club, and that wasn't an option in the past. Have you noticed yeah. Cohen bring something different than the Wilpons to the table? Yeah, I think that's a different approach. And if the approach can be successful, hey, I think the end of the season will tell all of that. So let's not make any predictions about that. But I do know that um, new ownership is making a very conscious effort to get more people involved, more baseball people involved. Now, that doesn't happen overnight. You know, there's a lot of things that has to happen. You have to have people that want to do it and you have to come up with a, a, a solid plan. And everyone has to buy into that plan. So, but yeah, I, I have seen that. I mean, look, this is the first time I was invited to spring training in five years. So, <laughs> so yeah, there is a very, very conscious effort to make a difference with um, from of all players and impress us too as well. Yeah. I mean, when you have these kind of resources like yourself, you have a former MVP gold glove extraordinaire like Keith Hernandez, <laughs> and you're talking about having first baseman like Alonzo. You talked about Pete Alonzo and as good as he was with the bat, yeah. he could be better with the glove and yet no Keith Hernandez being able to be down the field and, and yeah. provide some tutelage. So it's very important to me. I think that we know this from fantasy camp, right? Being around each other and having all these yeah. baseball talks, baseball people have to be involved. The analytics are great, but no one can tell you how to beat a shift. No one can tell you how to put a ball in play. No one can tell you how to prepare yourself on a day in and day out basis. Those numbers don't tell you that it's people like yourself that are able to talk to these ball players and their language and help them understand a little better? Well, I think that's one thing that gets overlooked is there's no substitute for experience. No substitute for experience. I mean, uh, so in experience lets you know or gives you an idea when to make adjustments, how to make that adjustment. And when you have someone who's done it before, at least you have that bit of information. And that's one thing that numbers don't tell you. Um, numbers only tell you the results. They don't tell you how to get those results. So I think that we are on the right track. It's just a fact that playing New York is totally different from playing a lot of other cities. And those guys can give you both experience on the field and experience of the do's and don'ts off the field. I think that's one of the things that I we keep hearing about culture and building this winning culture. Yeah. And when you think about cultures, you think about, you know, the Yankee tradition of how they do things. You think about the Cardinal way. You always hear about those yeah. things. There's never truly been other than that 86 team of how yeah. to play baseball was heart and hustle. And it was to get down and dirty sometimes where, you know, you guys got into a lot of fights and things like that, but you had <laughs> each other's backs. So if you didn't beat them in the game, you might be able to beat them standing toe to toe, but your teammates always had your back. And I think that that's part of the culture that has to change as well. We saw last year, I think it was last year with Dom Smith got beamed uh, in the Phillies yeah. game and nobody came out to, you know, rally around him. Nobody. He stood there by himself against three or four Phillies players and nobody had his back. It changed throughout the season because of what Pilar did guys like that hard nose running through the wall. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of player that made you as I made me as a kid fall in love with the New York Mets. It was that hard nosed player. It was the blue collar guy who was willing to do whatever it took 
to take a guy out at second base, run over a catcher at home to win a ball game. I mean, infamously, you guys running into each other and, you know, the outfield trying to make a play. I think that's the kind of winning culture that would be described as a Mets culture. Not so much, I guess, not being a quote machine. The Yankees are always very tight lipped, you know, that's what you know about them. Yeah. But with the Mets, it's always been characters. It's always been personalities. But I think that little bit of an edge of that swagger that the 86 team had, I would want to infuse that in every single ball club that puts on the blue and orange. Well, I, I think the one thing that, and I've said it many times over, you know, over the years, is that baseball is a very, very difficult game to play. And there's a certain freedom that you have to allow ball players to do. And I think that freedom should not compromise the integrity of the game. That freedom should not compromise the integrity of the culture that you're trying to develop. But they have to have the freedom to be themselves, to not be afraid to express themselves, you know, on the field by the way they, they play. And I think that's important. And I think, well, I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, – you know, 8-16 was the blueprint. Everybody should go by because we had some crazy guys on that team. <laughs> so, yeah. But the one thing that you can ever say that they never gave you 100% on the field. That's one thing that no one can ever say about those guys. And I think that's the culture that we're talking about here, the culture that people respect the game, respect the fans, respect the city, and respect the outcome of the game. Win or lose, respect the outcome of the game. If a team beats you, let them beat you. Don't give it to them. And we have to have that attitude. And I think that that's the one thing that you're going to get from Buck. I can tell you that right now. He's very detail-oriented. He pays attention to little things that no one else does. And I saw that the first couple of days down there. Bookie Wilson on Amazing But True, number one. Congrats on your Thurman Munson Award a few weeks ago, along with yeah. our good friend Jeff Nelson as well. You will be featured in Old Timers Day coming up August yes. 7, 7 p.m. Versus, versus the Rockies, a Saturday night game. I will definitely be there. Are you excited for that? I mean, that's a cool. Are you, are you worried you're going to tear a hamstring or are you are you are you getting in game shape down in South Carolina? Uh, I think fans are very thrilled about this Old Timers Day happening. OK, now there's a lot in that statement and questions that you just asked. OK, so I'm going to try to take a little <laughs> bit at a time. All right. So a lot. Number one. I am excited about it. I think it's an an opportunity to uh, reconnect with some players, former players, players whom I didn't play with, they were there before me, and players that I played with. I think it's a great opportunity for that. It's a great opportunity for fans to get to reconnect with their heroes or or whatever they want. Uh, You know, it might have been ghosts. I don't know. It depends on how you like or dislike a player, but it gives the fans a chance to reconnect with their past a little bit. I'm also excited, but I am right now walking. A lot. And I stress the word walking, not running. Walking. A lot. (laughs) But the last thing I want to do is pull a hamstring. I, you know, I played 12 years, never pulled a hammy. Man, it's too late to start that mess now. But I am, I am excited about it. Um, I just, I just warn people, don't expect what you saw in 1986. Don't expect that. <laughs> He's trying to be very modest because I've seen this man up until recently still being able to float around the bases and he makes it look so graceful and easy. And we have a lot of fun doing that at the end of fantasy camp. It's the pros versus the Joes yeah. and they get to play us all 10 teams will we'll challenge us in three inning ball games and we get out there and, you know, we try to make it a little competitive, but all of a sudden yeah. those competitive juices start going and all of a sudden I'm telling you, man, <laughs> Mookie's scooting around <laughs> from first base, you know, as long as we don't have to slide, we're good. But everything else about it, man, those competitive juices come back. You know, I'm pitching to these guys and all week 
they're just, you know, getting into me. Can't wait to face you. Can't wait to face you. And I always yeah. tell them, I said, what it looks like on TV, remember, I'm playing against pros. <laughs> I'm not playing against Yeah, it's a big, yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. Had I been had I been that good, you know, I would have just I would have just stayed playing against those guys because I would have been a superstar playing against those guys. But yeah. it's oh. always a, a good time to see uh, Mookie Wilson out in center field and you get that big roar from the crowd. It's going to be such an exciting day. It's, it's a throwback again to the past it and is. what's important to a lot of Mets fans. Yes, it is very important. Are you guys using baseballs, softballs? Do we know it's baseballs, right? We're actually using balls. And has that been discussed? Wait, if they're going to use softballs, I'm not playing. You got to use baseball, <laughs> man. You got to use baseball. Yes, sir. You know, so, you know, softball, you know, that. No, no. I think you have definitely put a stamp on I'm done if you put a, a softball out there. Baseball, you know, you still won't think you have something left in the tank. It's on it's floating on empty, but you still got something left, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> win, win total prediction. What's your prediction for the Mets this year? Right now, there's some question marks as to. Some of some of the positions, key positions. We have a crowded outfield. Let's see what the outfield is going to be and how they're going to be used. You know, and I looks like I didn't speak with Boak, how he planned to use his players. I, I'm sure Boak would probably look at his team and say, okay, this is our best chance to win. So l- let's see what's going to happen. I'm I'm holding my predictions until I see who's going to be on the field, how that lineup is going to be made up. I do think that you're going to see a much improved team. Now that I will say, but um, let's see how what improvement takes us. Now, if you had to face those two guys at the top of the rotation, Jacob DeGrom, night one, night two, Max Scherzer, nightmare or what? Man, look, I had to play just see both those guys pitch up close. Matter of fact, um, DeGrom threw um, the second day I was down there. Man, I tell you what, uh, you know, I just put an 0 for 8 and just take my lumps and go home and make it up on the next guy, you know? <laughs> it's no fun. We're talking to guys that power arm with control. And that's rare. Are we talking two guys, power, arm, and control? I mean, these guys are going to stop losing streaks if you ever, you know, they could prevent losing streaks. That's all you need sometimes. Somebody to stop the bleeding, to start trashing. Now, I think we have those two guys for sure. Mookie, we talked the last time you were an ordained minister. I won't need one for yeah. a while because I'll be single forever at this rate. But uh, you you do some, some of that. But you also are starting a catering business. Tell us about yeah. this because we love food and I'm wearing a chicken parm shirt. So tell me. Yeah, yeah, we started a catering business. It's a, a mobile catering business is what it is, which means that we cater in and off-site. That's going to be our specialty. We cater off-site. Um, full meals cater off-site to any corporations, churches, family reunions, you name it. You don't have to have a building. If you have a place for you to eat, we can provide the food. And we do travel, Florida to New York. That's not an issue. So, yeah, we have this myself and my four brothers, my son-in-law, so we have definitely put together some very traditional family recipes and they are outstanding, I will add. So yeah, it's going to be fun. I've always cooked. I love cooking. My brothers love cooking. They've been doing it for years. My mother was a cook in the school system for forget how many years. So we learned to cook on her and all the recipes our family recipe, no processed food. We don't do this. Now, how far north do you travel? Because remember last time when we talked about you being a minister, we thought we were going to see some um, weddings by Mookie Wilson <laughs> all over you know, the Queens area. You know, the one thing that I did not do as a minister, I did not promote or advertise my ministry. On the other hand, my catering business, I will. So actually, you will see a website up in the next couple of weeks. So we will be doing well. He will wed you. He will feed you. <laughs> And he yeah. will cheer you up. Now, have you paid for a drink in New York since 1986? And I want to know the biggest perk 
you've gotten out of being Mookie Wilson? And like, have you got to meet someone that you never thought you'd meet? You got like a free hotel rooms for life. Like, what was the biggest perk of being Mookie? Man, I've never paid for a drink. I don't drink, of course. Um, but very few meals I pay for. Very few meals. Nice. Um, it's just it, the people has just been so accommodating, you know, and. You know, it's it's really is a nice feeling, and I think that um, I have benefited a lot. I've probably done a lot of things in New York that I probably never ever do anywhere else other than New York. Yes, I've gotten some free hotel rooms, comp. I got some free. You know, it's just been good. You know, I mean, <laughs> legendary. Well, Mookie, we want to welcome you now to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. So each week, Figgy oh. teaches me words uh, in Spanish, and I cannot roll my R's, and I took French, so I'm very bad. So we're going to take you to the Academy now. And Figgy, our word of the week, are we going to do Old Timers Day in honor of you and playing an Old Timers Day? Figgy's going to teach me and you how to say it in Spanish. Uh-huh. Take it away, Professor Figueroa. Real simple right here. So Mookie's been around enough ball players. I think he's got a little bit more flair than you do, Jake. So it's Dia de los Viejos. Dia Viejos, 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 viejos. <laughs> yes, so close. Hey, I'm, saying, I'm South Carolina. Okay, come on, come on. I'm, 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 you say, hey, y'all, come over here. I got you now. Y'all, come over here. Let's, let's give it again. What's the last word, Figgy? Viejos, viejos, not viejos. Your accent is on the wrong part. Viejos, viejos, viejos. Uh, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Come on, Piggy, don't do me like that. Mookie, don't worry. Watch Jake. Go ahead, Jake. Repeat it. Oh. Say it again. Dia de los viejos. Dia de los viejos. Viajata el 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 I don't feel so bad now. I'm Dia 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 de los viejos. That was better. See, yeah. he's get, he's had enough practice. Mookie, it's been three years that we've been doing this, and, and he's not gotten any better. But you had a good first effort. I'll give you, even with the Southern accent. Let me get him a C+. Yeah, I mean, man, yeah, well, C+. Plus, man, you sitting right there for how many years? And you, man, come on. Yeah. I, I'm a C student here in the academy. I'm not very good. Well, Mookie Wilson, we're excited to see you yeah. back at City Field this year for Old Timers Day and uh, looking forward to seeing what the Mets do. And uh, congrats on the Thurman Munson Award. Looking forward to your catering business coming. And uh, yeah. we'll talk to you later in the season. Thanks for coming on Amazing But True. Great. Thank you guys for having me again. See, he took Spanish. I took French for seven years. So. I, I don't think you're good at French either. <laughs> That says, adios, amigos. Episode 97 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hart for helping me in producing the show today. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at Amazing But True. We will do a uh, pitching tutorial. You will go over, what, Max Scherzer today. We'll do Max Scherzer will be the pitcher of the week, and you'll go over the grips, a little two-seamer. A uh, little please, uh, please stop. circle change. Stop. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Uh, leave that to your day job, Figgy, of course. You know, uh, I saw Sebastian Maniscalco on Saturday. It's funny. Dude sell tickets like $300. For his, not, I didn't pay that, but the people they packed. I think every Italian in New York was in the building. Dude is funny, man. I mean, I can't believe it. And you know how many people as who had never heard of him? Isn't that amazing? Like, you think you'd see him mm-hmm. somewhere. He's like an A-list name, but... Prices are just through the wazoo. Who is your favorite comedian? Tom Segura. Oh, my God. Yeah, Tom he's Segura. Funny. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I got on the Tom Segura 
rabbit hole one night and I watched all his different videos. Oh, he had me in tears. He's very funny. I, I go back and forth. I like some of the old classics. You know, I, I go back and you know watch the original Cat Williams, that very first one. Yeah. Uh, watch, of course, you know, Kevin Hart just nails it every single time. Then he's performing in front of coliseums filled with people, 90,000 plus people in Philadelphia. All these guys are they're just so talented. It's, it's a very slippery slope, as we just saw in the Oscars, about that fine line of comedy offending people, and it's getting tougher and tougher for a comedian to make jokes and to make light of things. And it's unfortunate that we take ourselves so serious and we're so offended by so many things, because... I mean, that, that's, a, that's an art form in all of self, the timing of it, the just coming up with all these different things. And it, I, I don't know. Right now, it's, it's, uh, you can see it's open season on, on comedians because if that's going to happen and it's Will Smith, could you imagine that somebody's playing at a local club? He says something to a guy, a heckler, and that guy wants to charge up on there. Listen, it's getting ugly out there in these streets. I mean, if you, it's almost like when you say to me, when, when someone says a story, it's so far away. And I'm like, it's 20 minutes from Midtown. It's not that far. That's the moment where I get my, <laughs> when you add the Batman sound effect in there, the bam. Uh, well, me and Harthers are going to a private party to see ASAP Rocky and Wyclef Jean tonight. Uh, with built are you, are you ever home? No, that's my roommates are like, uh, you, uh, like I'm cooking and I you be home and like I'm going to a game or something. So I need a couple nights in, but the Mets season starting will be in for road games, home games be at City Field mostly. But looking forward to that. All right, good show today for Nelson Figueroa. I'm Jake Brown. Follow us all on Twitter at FiggyNY at Jake Brown Radio at Amazing But True at Andrew Hartz, our drummer extraordinaire. We will return next Monday for our big. Mets season preview show. We will give you our record, the division, our World Series winner. You got to lock in for that episode. We are a week away from games that count. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to Amazing But True, everybody. We'll talk to you all next week. Adios. Clearly those days at Camp Shalom didn't do me well in the pool there. (laughs) 